Well, good morning. I hope you're enjoying the beginning of the Christmas season as all the lights and the festivities are beginning. And in case you haven't noticed as you walked into Impact this morning, we have three amazing picture stations that you and your family can go get some pictures at. We have two out in the front lobby, and yes, we have the 1969 Dodge right outside these doors sitting in this hallway. Perfect picture opportunity for you and your family this Christmas season. So we hope you enjoy it. We hope you bring your friends to come and be a part of what we are doing here at Impact as we search, as we try to find what is joy. How can I find joy through this season? But as we prepare for the message today, let's just go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, in this moment, Lord, we just bring to you all of our baggage, all of our hang-ups, Lord, all the things that hide within the depths of our hearts right now, Lord, may we just lay it at your feet. Because there's so many things in our hearts and our minds that are distracting us from experiencing the joy that you have for us. And Lord, in this moment, I just pray that you break down those walls that we may experience you. And Lord God, that we may see the plans that you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I have to admit, I'm a planner. I, I don't operate very well outside of plans. Like, even when my family goes on vacations, you know, I don't like to have a lot of, what are we going to do today? You know, I need to know, okay, we're going to go to breakfast, here's a breakfast spot. We're going to go to lunch, here's a lunch spot. Here's some activities in between that time spot. You know, I don't have to have everything hour by hour, but have a good game plan. I am a planner. But so often, as I plan my life, there's times when things don't go the way that I really anticipated them to go. There's often times when my plans, as best as they could, get disrupted and get messed up. And then, then before I know it, I need to redirect my plans. Okay, how am I going to work this out? Okay, I can't go this way. Like, when I'm driving home... From a, from, from a vacation, and I love Siri when Siri tells me that there is an accident ahead, and also have to quickly direct my, redirect my plans how I'm going to get home because I'm not sitting in traffic. My wife knows, Bill, I may drive, it may take the same amount of time, but if I'm sitting still, that's not good. I got to be moving. It still may be 20 minutes, but I'm going to be moving those 20 minutes. I'm not going to be sitting there for 20 minutes. You know, I'm a planner. I need things planned out. And I, maybe you are too. In our life at some level, we're all planners. We all have hope and dreams of how we want life to turn out, our life to turn out. And we try to plan that out based upon that. But life is a challenge. Life never, it rarely goes the way that you planned it. Rarely does. Things get in the way. Things happen. Different feelings settle, settle in within your heart. Whatever it may be. And what really disrupts the plans that we try to make for our own life is the reality that we live in a world that has an infinity amount of gray. I mean, that's what makes planning out our life in this world and trying to understand what steps I should take in my life because we live in a world full of gray. And everybody has their opinion and thoughts within that gray, what's right, what's wrong, what's right, what's left. And we're just so all up in the world of what is right. And before you know it, because we live in a world full of gray, we make plans based upon what we want. And our plans become more self-motivated and self-led. And I wonder, as we try to plan out our life, 
as we look down the road for our hopes and our dreams and whatever we want our life to be, where's God in all of that? Where's God in your life plans? Have you ever just stepped back and thought about that? You know, I do a pretty good job at planning what Bill wants. But is God really a part of that? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You know, I've seen that so often in my life, where I've tried to plan out my life, how my future would be, what relationships I would have, where I would end up. And I'll be honest with you, when I was in college, being in Pittsburgh was not a part of my plans. It just wasn't. In fact, when I went to college, I was, get this, I went to college, engaged, had my future planned out, and thought I had everything figured out. And everything I thought when I was 18 and 19, none of it came into to fruition. None of it. You know why? Because man plans his steps, but God establishes his ways. And over the course of my life, I've seen me try to break through walls to get the plans I thought were best for me to be established. And God just continually redirected them. You see, so often we try to build up our own happiness based upon our own plans. But the reality is, God has something bigger and better for you. He does. In fact, this isn't in your notes, but in James 4, we learn that we tend to plan and boast about tomorrow. But what do we really know James writes about in his letter in James 4? We're just a mist. We're here today and gone tomorrow. All we're guaranteed is this moment. It's all we have. I, you can't guarantee that tomorrow's coming. All you have is this moment. And let me tell you, my friends, trusting in ourselves just gives a false sense of security. That's all it does. The more that you trust in yourself, the more you kind of hang on a false reality of security. We live in, in, in our own little makeup world that, hey, if I kind of live this, if I just kind of block out the rest of the world, the other gray that's going on, I will be okay. But God establishes our steps and so, my friends, I'm urging you, be careful in trusting in what you think your life should be. Be careful trusting in what your plans, you think your plans should be. Because guess what? I think God has something bigger for you. Yet in our plans, in my plans, I found out that my plans were so small, so minuscule, to what God had. God had something bigger and better. You know, in the, in the story of Jesus' birth, we come across Mary and Joseph. Here was a man and a woman, and they thought they had their life planned out. They thought they knew what was in store for them. They planned how things should be going. They were, they were um, set to be married, and then God showed up in a miraculous way to say, hey, guess what? I have plans for you bigger than you could ever imagine. And I think he shows up in our life too in different ways. And he says, Bill, or put in your name, I have plans for you bigger than you could ever imagine if you'll just embrace them. See, for Mary and Joseph, they were pledged to be married. 
and they were planning out their future. I'm sure they had their house picked out. They had their farm set up. I mean, they were investing. They were prepping for wedding day. Everything was supposed to go a certain way. Then God showed up. Doesn't, let's just be honest. Sometimes God shows up. It's like, God, can you just get out of the way? This is what I want. But then God shows up. And he showed up for them in a miraculous way. And in Luke chapter 1, we see God show up to Mary. He shows up to her with, through an angel. And he tells her that through the angel that you will have a child. And she goes, is this even possible? I'm not married. This is, this is the disruption to the plans I have. Look at verse 30 and 34 of Luke chapter 1. The angel explains who this baby will be to Mary. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asks, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin. I think just like Mary, we, we wrestle with that. God, you're coming and you're saying, okay, this is not the plan you have for me, that you have something else. I don't see it. And I think so often what we wrestle with, just like Mary, is God says, I have a plan for you, but because we've set in stone what we think our plans are, how our life should be, what we should be running after, what we should be pursuing, that before we know it, seeing how God's plan could work out for us becomes so far-fetched, we just can't see it. Have you been there? I think we all have at some level. It's like God says, this is the life I have for you. Something great for you. But we sit in the box of our own plans like Mary. And we see God. And I don't see it. I don't see how I could possibly have that life. I don't see how that could possibly come true. I don't see how that could possibly come together. See, but God's a God who moves mountains. God's a God who makes the impossible possible. And I believe in that God. That's the God I follow. But I wrestle, just like Mary, I wrestle with it. Because I see my plans. I see how life should be. And I see, God, I don't see how you bring this together. But like, Mary, but like with Mary, God says, I have great plans for you. Plans far beyond you could ever imagine. Your plans are so short-sighted. Your plans are so small, but I have something great for you. You know, there's this, another side to the story. See, the angel appeared to Mary, and then he also appeared to Joseph in a dream to tell him the same thing. And you can just imagine when, when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant and what was going on, he was embarrassed. This is not the way things were supposed to be. This was not the plan. Joseph's story is revealed in Matthew chapter 1. Look what's written in verses 18 and 19. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And then listen to this. Because Joseph, her, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. 
See, Joseph in this moment, he knew what was going on. He realized this is not normal. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This was not in the plans. And, and we got to figure this out. We can't allow ourselves to go down this path. And so he tried to redirect the plans to match what he wanted. And I think many times we find that. We find that. We try to redirect our plans to get what we think we want. I saw that so many times in my life, like I said a moment ago. I was engaged coming out of high school. Yep, I proposed to this girl my, at my uh, senior prom. I got her the best diamond ring that Walmart had to offer. I mean, this thing, I mean, if you use a magnifying glass, you could almost see the diamond in there. And then I thought this was supposed to be. Why? Because I wanted to be in a relationship. And I thought, and I tried to pursue with everything I had the relationship I thought I needed. I thought I wanted. That I thought God made for me. In reality, everything about it was wrong. And fast forward a few months later, my freshman year at college, she came and broke up with me. And I thought my world was crumbling. But, all, but when I look back, God was opening up doors. And I tried to get into other relationships and more unhealthy relationships. And every time I tried to pursue what I wanted, God put up these walls. And then this girl by the name of Shelly showed up. You may have seen her in the cafe. Shelly showed up. And she chased me and she, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> All of a sudden, I realized God's plans Likewise, in ministry, okay, I, I knew that, okay, God's calling me to ministry. And, and I just believed with all my heart, with the inner city work I did, with the missions work I did, was doing, that I'm going to be in Africa. I'm going to be somewhere in the Middle East. I'm going to be somewhere overseas serving God. Or if I'm in America, I'm going to be working in the inner city because that's how I was felt the path I was going on. And Pittsburgh, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was the farthest thing from my mind, you know, because I believed God I'm not going back to Pittsburgh. I'm in Cincinnati at this time. I, I grew up there, and I'll go visit every once in a while, but I'm not going back there. But then all of a sudden, I got a phone call. I got a letter in the mail asking me to come to this church to just check it out. And then before you know it, 20 years later, you're still sitting here listening to me. Boy, you guys, I... That's amazing that you still listen to me. I, I'm just telling you. But let me tell you something. I know from personal experience how many times we try to push down the door to our plans. How we try to push down and pursue the life we want. The relationships we think we want. Whatever it may be. And sometimes God has to drag us through the keyhole. In order for us to realize, I got something better for you. Your plans are so small compared to what I have for you. You're running away from my best for you. I love you. And here he was in this moment with, with Mary and Joseph when everything was going against what they thought they had planned for their life. And God says, I have some, something big for you. And he, the angel told Joseph, I mean, don't you remember hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the prophet Isaiah wrote th said this in Isaiah 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself 
will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Don't you remember, Joseph, the angel told him in a dream. Don't you remember what the prophet Isaiah said? The Messiah will come through a virgin. And here we are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later. And guess what? It's about to come true. You see, this man Jesus was the fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies that were given thousands and hundreds of years before he ever walked the earth. Prophecies that were impossible to come true, yet they all came true in this one man. You see, my friends, God has bigger plans for us than what we have for ourselves. If you remember one thing from this morning, remember this. God has bigger plans for you than you could ever imagine or dream for yourself. He does. Because our plans are temporary. Our plans are small. Our plans are short-sighted. And our plans are a mere attempt to get through the gray of this world. What we think we know what we think we can comprehend. And for Mary and Joseph, God was revealing to them, I have plans for you bigger than you could ever imagine. If you'll just trust me, if you will just embrace me, I've got plans for you bigger than you could ever create for yourself. God was revealing in that moment in a miraculous way, that the Messiah was coming. This one who was the fulfillment of all those prophecies, the one who would ultimately just walk this earth, who came to die on that cross. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you so much. And Mary and Joseph, God was saying, guess what? You got front row seats to be a part of the greatest story this world has ever known. And you know what? God has you for front row seats for something too. To see his work in action through your life and in your life. But yet so often we miss out on the plans he has for us because we try to create our own plans. But when we allow God to guide our steps, it always ends good always ends good joseph and mary they try to redirect god's plans back to their plans but then when the angel came and spoke to them talked them through it they realized god has something bigger for us and they redirected their plans to embrace god and god's plans in their lives verse matthew 1 24 we see when joseph woke up from that dream when the angel was talking to him he did what the angel of the lord had commanded him and he took mary home as his wife and he took care of her he embraced her as he embraced god's story in their life mary's story in luke chapter 1 verse 38 i am the lord's servant she answered the angel may your word be fulfilled and then the angel left her. You see, in that moment, you see these two people kind of running their own course, trying to have their own plans in their life. And God redirected their plans and says, hey, listen, I got something bigger for you if you just embrace me. And through them, the angel, I mean, through them, Jesus came to be, was born, the savior of all the world. What plans does God have for you? He has plans for you too. You know, I've seen God 
establish those steps in my life as I told you. And maybe he's trying to work those plans out for you. You know, both Mary and Joseph made the commitment to move beyond their plans to embrace God's steps in their lives. And we need to do the same. At some point, just like Mary and Joseph, we need to embrace Jesus to see the plans that he has for us. You will never realize, you will never experience the plans that God has for you until you embrace him. And I bet if you look through your life, you see moments where he's, where he's blocked you off, where he's tried to guide you, where he's tried to take care of you in those plans. But he has something bigger for you. The Apostle Paul in Philippians put it this way. In Philippians 1.21, Paul wrote these, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, the Apostle Paul, just like Mary and Joseph and all those throughout the Old Testament, they realize God has bigger plans for me, but my life is not about me. My life is not about my plans, what I want, the direction I want to go, or the things I want to pursue. My life is about Jesus. Because my profit, if you will, my gain, is in nothing that this world could ever provide. Because it just comes and goes. What makes you happy today will disappoint you tomorrow. Life just comes and goes. But Paul wrote, you see, when I embrace Jesus, when he is the one who establishes my steps, I realize that my gain is something beyond this life. My gain is something beyond this world. So what gain are you trying to make with your plans? Have you ever thought about that? With the things in your life that you're trying so desperately to pursue, that's probably self-motivated and self-led, what is the gain that you're hoping to get out of that? What does it really offer? And it, does it really satisfy and does it really last? See, because so often the things we pursue, whether it's finances, statuses, or relationships, they don't last. They come and go. But what lasts for all eternity is a relationship with Jesus himself, who came to give us life. You know, what gain do you have in God's plan for your life? See, with, through Jesus, we can begin to experience this, in this life what he provides for us. That will happen for all eternity. You see the fulfillment and the understanding of our purpose comes when we embrace him. And like Paul we follow him fully. The most important decision and thing that you can ever do in your life. Is to walk with Jesus daily. Is to follow him fully. Making the decision to follow Jesus is more important than any decision that you'll make in your life. Now, now don't get me wrong. School is important. Your job is important. Going to college, young people, is important. But if you put any of those things above the importance of following Jesus, you are missing what is the most important thing you could ever have in your life. You can gain all this world, Jesus says, but lose your soul, and then what do you got? If you are establishing your own steps based upon your own endeavors, whether it's in school, in work, in life, in relationships, above Jesus, you are missing it, and one day you will realize the hopelessness that this world is. 
Because hope is only found through him. My friends, the most important thing you will ever do in your life, hear me, my friends, the most important thing you will ever do is follow Jesus. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary to that. Don't let the world cause you to miss sight on the most important thing, and that's a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of everything that is. You know, in the Old Testament, at a time when the world was turned upside down, when, when they were in a very dark place and society was just beaten down, the followers of Jehovah, and, and everything was going against them, and, and people were, were kind of living in the gray of that time period and uncertain of which choices to make and which way to go, and it was like everything was turned upside down. Jeremiah the prophet, broken, confused, trying to search for a hope, trying to figure out what's the right way to turn when God spoke through Jeremiah these words, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Listen to this, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Read that again. Realize these words were written in a great time of turmoil, hardship, brokenness. And Jeremiah wrote, in the time of uncertainty, God knows, he said, I, have the plan, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, God said through Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. See, God created you with plans for your life. But yet so often we walk our own path. We make our own plans. We go our own way. And we miss out on God's best for us. Because we live a life based upon our plans, our desires, our pursuits, rather than pursuing him. And in those dark days, Jeremiah realized hope prospering a future is only found through him see these plans are good god says his plans that he's created you for will always give you hope in the future they will always benefit you unlike the pursuits of this world that oftentimes maybe benefit you for a moment or maybe they really don't they just bring hopelessness into your life but when we follow our plans we walk towards hopelessness, but when we follow God's plans, we experience his hope. But you know, we'll never fully realize that verse. We'll never fully realize God's words in that moment if we don't take a step back and see what he said after that. Because what he said after those words are so much more important to understand what he said in verse 11. Check this out, verses 12 through 14. Jeremiah said, then you will call on me. God said through Jeremiah, that you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. In this moment, a nation was broken. In this moment, a nation, all they saw was hopelessness. In this moment, God said, I have plans for you. 
there's hope around the corner. And God's plan was simple. His plan is simple. Embrace him and he will embrace you. That's it. Don't get lost or confused by all the religion that people try to throw down our throats. Jesus' plan is simple. Embrace him and he will embrace you. It's about a relationship. That's what it's about. God says, you want to see the hope I have? You want to see the plans I created you for? Embrace me. Everything else is secondary. I got everything else. Just embrace me. And watch what I'll do. And everything he talked about with embracing him was given with a promise. God says, you will call on me. And you will pray to me. And listen to those words that he said in there. I will listen to you. We live in a world where we are constantly seeking for ears just to hear our hearts, our brokenness, our hopelessness. And so often because we're so distracted in this world, we have people flying all throughout the world. You tell me it's how hard it is to find someone that would just listen to my heart. What's going on in my life? It's like no one cares. But here God, the creator of everything that says, he said, listen, just call on me and I will do something that the world really never does. I will listen to you. I will hear your heart. I will hear your cries. I will hear your brokenness. I will hear your confusion. I will hear you. And then Jeremiah, God says to Jeremiah, you will seek me with all your heart. You see, my friends, sometimes I think so often we don't fully embrace Jesus because we don't seek him with all our heart. It's kind of like, hey, God, you're pretty cool. I'll hang out with you on this day, on Sunday. I'll sing a few songs. But then when I get back to the world, I got other focuses. My job, school, sports, uh, my hobbies, you name it. All this other stuff that just becomes so important to us. And God says, no, 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 no. No, did you miss it? Seek me with all your heart. Embrace me fully. I need to be number one in your life. Seek my face. And God says, when you will do that, he, bat, he comes with another promise. If you seek me, I will be found by you. In a world of gray, we often use our plans to find what we think will make us happy. What we think we can pursue. What we think will fulfill us. But when we seek Jesus, when we embrace his steps, we fully realize who we are in him. See, my friends, God is saying, just embrace me and I will embrace you. It's that simple. I will listen to you. You will find me. He said, just come to me. I will be found by you. I will bring you out of captivity that entangles your heart and your mind. 
I will bring you out of exile that you find yourself in that's full of hopelessness. I will bring you to hope to see where you truly belong. I will prosper you. If you follow me, I will not harm you. I will give you the hope that you're looking for. I will give you the future that you may not even realize that you can have. I have plans for you, God says. I created you with these plans. I have something bigger than you could ever imagine. I will do all these things if you just embrace me, if you just come to me. Yeah, I think so often our life with Jesus gets derailed because let's just be real for a moment. There's things in our life that we think we just can't live without. We all have it, and it's all different for us. Whatever that may be. It could be your finances, your job. It could be your hobby. It could be your school. It could be your relationships. It could be your sexual desires. It could be, um, you name it. It could be the music you listen to. The movies that you want to watch. I mean, little things are big things. If you take a step back, and think through your life. What are the things in your life that whether you've spoken it or not, that you deep down in your heart, you just feel, I can't live without this. Because I bet if you just gave it over to him, if you took a step and just maybe cut those out for a moment, music, movies, the relationships, whatever it may be, you would maybe realize I didn't really need it like I thought I did. Because there's one thing that we can't truly live without. His name is Jesus. And so often our plans get messed up because they're our plans, not his plans. And so often we live so broken and confused in this world because we're trying to live for things that we feel we can't live without when it's really it's Jesus we can't live without. What are those things in your life? Think about those this week. What are those things in your life that have gotten your heart that you've come to a place where you think, I just can't live without this? In all reality, it's holding you back from experiencing God's best for your life. The creator of everything is, has plans for you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future. Just embrace him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you right now. And Lord, may we just come to a moment of confession privately in our own hearts to you. Lord, there's things that hold us captive things that we felt we just cannot live without. And Lord God, we've become so entangled in our own plans, so entangled in our sins, so entangled in the life that we think we want, that we've lost sight on the life that you really have for us, a life that has plans to prosper us, to give us hope, and to give us a future far beyond we could ever imagine. 
But yet we've become so short-sighted in our own plans, in the things that we want to pursue, in the things that we think we cannot live without. But Lord God, in this moment, speak to us just like you did for Mary and Joseph. Speak to us just like you did through Jeremiah. Speak to us just like you did to Paul. That in this moment, we may realize the goodness that you have. Lord, pull us through the keyhole if we need to be pulled through the keyhole, if we're unwilling to walk through that door with you. But in this moment, may we just experience all that you have for us. And what are the, whatever those things are that have a hold, a stranglehold of our heart and our minds, the things that we just think we cannot live without, Lord, in this moment, may we just lay them at your feet and give them to you. You are the true one that we cannot live without. You are life. You are hope. It's in your name we pray. Amen.